been a long time we shouldn't have left you without a dope podcast to step to what's up john what's up man so it is Good. the 50th episode of the fight game podcast and uh that doesn't mean that you and i have recorded 50 times i mean we've probably done about half of them but uh mm-hmm. it does mean that of the relaunching of the old fgb radio uh, that, you know, we've, we've done a, a good amount of shows here. So the only reason I brought that up is because when I relaunched everything, um, originally when I was doing FGB radio, and that's, you know, that's where, you know, you and I did some shows together. We talked about your premiere um, shows. I, I interviewed Jeff Cobb, J.R. Crado, Shayna Baszler. Uh, and when I decided to kind of rebrand it a little bit, Uh, I didn't know, you know, what I was going to do, and I just decided to kind of treat it more like a a really passionate hobby where, you know, I'm putting these shows up in a place where people can download them and get them in RSS feed. And, you know, that costs a little bit of money. Not it's not expensive, but, you know, it's just it's an investment into doing something that you really enjoy. And um, so I thought, like, okay, I'm really going to try it. But the funny thing is, is, you know, when I say 50th show, like I probably did like 200 of the old show over like, you know, it was probably like a six year span or whatever. So uh, 50 is more really more like 200 and something. But it but for this for this version of the show, we are at episode 50. So that makes me really happy. Um, Last week, we did not have a show. Well, you and I did a show, but it is now Hmm. part of the lost tapes of the fight game podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, we there... solved all the problems in wrestling and <laughs> MMA, and but unfortunately, it's all lost now. So we're back to square one. <laughs> we're back to square one. Um, yeah, we we you know we figured out how to how why Raw's in such bad ratings. Um, we we you know we we found some new pay per view draws for the UFC, but uh, the problem with the show is that you know with computers and technology. Uh, I use an iMac to record the shows and just just my normal computers and iMac. I haven't used a Windows machine in over 10 years. And so uh, they updated their latest OS to Mojave. And so I uploaded it. I mean, I upgraded it. And the gimmick that we use to record off of Skype, which is how I call you so that we can do these shows, it didn't work with the new OS. And I wish they would have like sent me an email so that I didn't update to the new OS, but uh, so we had to find a new solution to that. And so the solution that we tried for the last podcast did not work very well. The audio was pretty bad, and so uh, I, I did I did find something else that, that that we're using for those podcasters out there, uh, Audio Hijack, which I actually got on a recommendation from Jim Valley, who does the uh, the podcast on Wrestling Observer. Um, 
about the Pacific Rim podcast with uh, Fumi Saido. And he used he said it was great. And like the way that they record is a little bit different. They don't use Skype. I think they actually use like Facebook chat or something like that. And their shows sound really good, so I thought, okay, like this is going to be a good solution. And uh, and Brian reached out to him for me, Brian Alvarez, and so figured it out. I think we're good. Um, I used this to uh, help Big Dave record uh, Wrestling Observer Radio with Court Bauer, and uh, there was something off on Court side, but I spent like a couple hours editing it and fixing it and he had some echoing issues but we fixed it and so i think it's good so we're going to use this uh for now um and kind of like a shout out to the folks who have heard me on wrestling observer radio and who are new to our show the uh the person john my my co-host he's the guy that when big dave always says oh yeah i have this like this friend who who books oh, here in the Bay Area and he's really smart like that. He's talking about John. He's also talking about John when he goes, oh, yeah, you know, me and my friends were watching this match. <laughs> it's it's me, John, <laughs> uh, the heartbreak kid, David Rubio, and sometimes uh, our buddy Edward. But so that's, you know, when when you hear when you hear those those phrases from from Big Dave, a little little bit of a little bit of inside to the Wrestling Observer Radio uh, show. But uh, but yeah, so you know those who have found me here. This is you know we John and I do this every week. Well, we will except for last week because of the the technology yeah. issue. But yeah, you know we re- we record every week. You know usually during the week sometimes because of schedules we may record at the end of the week. But definitely uh, hang out with us, and uh, we also have a Facebook group that we uh, you know we chit chat with other friends and, and family and wrestling fans that you know I meet in, in on Twitter and Facebook and such. So. You know, just type in Fight Game Podcast in, uh, in in Facebook groups and you'll find us there as well. I will link that group to the uh, the uh, the write up on, on the podcast. If you have some sort of podcast reader on your phone, you can find it there. So, all right. That was a, that was a long intro, uh, which I felt was needed because of uh, us missing the show last week. But, um, you know, we actually have to start this show on a little bit of a down note because one of the. Uh, pioneering uh wrestlers of the last you know 35 years uh, actually probably uh closer to 40 years um the dynamite kid passed away earlier this week and uh that was not i I wouldn't say it was super surprising because we knew that he wasn't in in good health but you know the just the uh the way that wrestling is today um you're talking about a guy who uh, his influence and style is basically like what's at the forefront of professional wrestling today. And I know you're a, I know you're a big dynamite fan. I was, I was actually a huge British Bulldogs fan. Cause that was right during like the early, early days of my WWF fandom. And the British Bulldogs were like doing things in WWF that nobody else was doing outside of maybe uh Ricky, the dragon and, and Randy Savage. And so I was such a huge Bulldogs fan that I just couldn't get enough of them. And, and their run was actually pretty short in WWF. Uh, but, you know, when you heard about Dynamite, like, what were what were some of your thoughts? Um, you know, when I heard he passed away, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a shocker because we know how, you know, he's been sick and for a very, very long time. I couldn't believe he was wheelchair-bound by 40. I didn't realize that until I was reading um, Dave's bio his short bio, because I know he's going to do a full one later, but in this week's Observer, it was really good, even though his short bio of his career is really, really good. 
Um, but yeah, he's a huge fluence on huge fluence on the styles of wrestlers today. I mean, a lot of guys that you know the, the daredevil style that people do now, which is kind of scary to me, thinking about all this what he did. You know, too. Like, of course, he abuses body with lots and lots of steroids and painkillers and extra and stuff. But he also, for like a hard bump taker, he did a lot of things that were risky back then and caused a lot of injuries to his body. And he, but he's not doing what these guys are doing now. You know, these guys are doing they're, they're upping it like tenfold. You know, with moon salts and dyes, more dyes to the floor. I know, I know, Dynamite did some, but he didn't. You know, not mostly his main thing was the, the big headbutt off top rope, which is one of my all-time favorite high-flying moves, my, you know, behind the flying elbow. But, but like, it's such a dangerous move. It's a beautiful move, but it's, like, dangerous, too, because, like, all the guys come out with neck injuries. And, I mean, Holly Race would talk about how he, you know, his thrashed his neck from doing the headbutt, and he would do that slow drop-down headbutt. You know, and then you got guys like, you know, Ben Walker just flying through the air at the fast fast speed and crashing down with the headbutt. You know, Ben Wall, same thing. And, and you know, you still see guys today doing it. I just saw Lars Lars Sullivan do it at the NXT in San Jose on Keith Lee. And it's like a, such a big guy doing that move. You know, that's, I mean, I love that move, but I also know, like, the risk involved in flying a headbutt. And then there's a reason why Daniel Bryan doesn't even do it anymore. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, but his influence is, you know, his, you know, went from dynamite to Benoit to, you know, there's a ton, like millions of guys that are wrestling that, you know, watch dynamite kid, tiger mask matches, watch dynamite and the Dave boy Smith was British bulldog and even dynamite later on with Johnny Smith, who was, you know, he was not the same dynamite, but like he still had, you know, some good matches and it's just, uh, you know, he should have retired a long time ago when he was after he was hurt back in 86, but he pressed on and, you know, unfortunately that, 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 that really did his body in and wheelchair bound by 40, which is, it's just, it's just so sad. But, and, and that might be interesting character. Cause like we, you know, we talk about the greatness of the ring, but he was kind of a freaking asshole outside <laughs> of it. You know, we um, did a lot of, a lot of cruel jokes and ribs and, and, um, you know, cutting guys gear up with scissors. And I mean, that's not even the, the worst of it, but, um, so it's kind of like a weird thing when I think about diamond and all these people are praising dynamite. Yeah, it's like, yep. it's, it's just kind of like in the back of my mind, I, I think about all the bad stuff he's done, but then I try to, but I just try to focus on, you know, he, he, you know, he's gone and I think you should try to remember people for the, the, the best of who they were and. And he was such an influential wrestler, you know, definitely one of the all-time influential wrestlers in, in the sport. So, you know, uh, sad to see him go for his family and his, and his friends and his fans. And uh, you watched uh, – did you watch Tiger Mask and uh, Dynamite from MSG? So I watched two of them. I watched the one from MSG, and I think there was one a month earlier in Japan – uh, where Bret Hart seconded Dynamite to the ring, um, and so uh, I don't exactly, I don't exactly know um, too much about the history of that match, but it was one of those things where I was searching on 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 YouTube, and that was the first one that popped up. And when I clicked on it, I was like, "Oh wait, this isn't the MSG one," but I just I just kept watching it. 
Um, and, and so I'd never seen that, that match before, but I'm sure they wrestled like a bunch of different times. I don't, I don't know what's mm-hmm. recorded versus not recorded, but I know, um, new Japan world put up some matches of dynamites, uh, for free. I think there's one with Tatsumi Fujinami and then there's others with, oh, wow. uh, yeah, with, with tiger mask. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, you know, to, to, to hear Vince McMahon call that match, <laughs> was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious. I mean, what obviously, I, I wanted to tell you, like, just listen to the crowd. I know you're. I'm gonna watch that match, and I was. I, just, I forgot to tell you, like, just listen to the crowd because it's amazing. You watch that match and Dynam. They come out. No one cares, right? Yeah. Like, Who these guys? And all of a sudden, they do a couple things, and and, and Tiger Mask actually does that little kind of like that Tiger Mask dance kind of thing. Like, yeah. He moves around the ring very uniquely, and like. You hear the rumble in the crowd. It's all, like you can almost hear them talking to each other. Like, hey man, did you see that? That's, that's pretty cool. Like you can just feel it. And then all of a sudden they just they just they just go like 100 miles an hour, and the, and the crowd's going crazy. All of a sudden they just were like, hey, this is awesome. Yeah, man, it yeah. was awesome, man. No, it was it, it was uh, it was very different, obviously for for that time. And like I said, the reason why I mentioned Vince is because he has no idea how to call the match. Like he's just like wow you know these maneuvers and uh, i mean it was pretty clear that he that the like when he was calling it he was calling it to showcase tiger mask like he didn't give two, yeah. he didn't give a crap about the dynamite kid um just the way that he called the match and so uh that was pretty interesting because then you know a couple years later dynamite would be in with those guys and and he would be you know one of their you know their top your top guys as far as uh, popularity is concerned with the Bulldogs. Um, you know, just seeing the moves, I think Tiger Mask does it in Zaguri. He doesn't do quite a moonsault, but what, what do you call the, the, his actual move from the top rope? It wasn't a full, it wasn't a full moonsault. It's like a, it's like a twisting splash. And yeah. It's pretty cool. No, it looks like, great. And it's, it, it's funny. Cause like if someone maybe now going back to watching this, you know, just kind of going through because Dynamite just passed away, you know, going back and watching these matches. It'd be kind of cool if someone could take a, a splash like that, yeah. of, you know, that version of a moonsault and kind of incorporate today because what's old is new again, and it, they would definitely stand out. They would do it. And, and it's a cool move. I, I like it. I even like 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 seeing these old moves that just kind of lost. Like, remember uh, DiBiase's back elbow at the second? Mm-hmm. Like, he'd mm-hmm. fall back and usually miss and take the bump, but, like, like Tenru and a couple other guys would like go to the top rope, you know, like like a moonsault position, like you're facing out to the fans, and then just drop the elbow that way. And I very rarely see it. I mean, I, the only guy I think today that does it is the bodyguard in All Japan. But like, who's watching that other than me? And probably like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Alan Forel, you know what I mean? But like, it's like not, you know, but like someone should bring back in the states, you know? I think that'd be totally cool. So in the match, the the other match that I watched, so Bret Hart is is uh, with Dynamite, and he interferes in the match, like right in front of the referee. Just like, I forget, I think Tiger Mask may have like a submission on Dynamite, and Bret Hart goes the apron. He like starts just like stomping <laughs> Tiger Mask like, right in front of the ref, and the ref is like counting, and he's like, you know, stop. And then, um, and then the young boys come up, and they're like trying to punch Bret, but, you know, they can't like get him off, and then dynamite takes uh, takes over and i actually think dynamite wins a match by dq i wasn't quite sure because you know i didn't understand the uh, the announcing but i think 
Tiger Mask like dumps him over the top or something, and maybe it's a disqualification. I or maybe it's like, it a countout. Count out? Is it a countout? Okay, that's, so then that's what it was. So so yeah. then Dynamite tombstones him on the floor outside the ring, and then uh, and then he he gets back in the ring. So I guess it was a countout. But yeah, that, I just thought the whole like in front of the referee was kind of interesting. Um, but uh, that was a good match too. It was uh, you know there was a lot of. Um, you know, they were kind of trading stuff early on, you know, kind of like the like I'll show you, you show me kind of thing, which is really cool. Um, and, and yeah, like I, I, I still would say my favorite match with Dynamite Kid just because of the impression in, in my brain of it was um, and it's not even the best Bulldogs match, but it's the tag team title match at WrestleMania 2 where they beat oh, the yeah. Dream Team. Like when I was a That's kid. Finished. Yeah, the the headbutt and dynamite goes flying backwards. Like, where did he? Like, did do we know where he actually fell? Like, he just disappeared. Yeah, he did. He did the Nestle plunge on the ground. I know, but like, they didn't even show him. Like, he just falls out of the picture. Yeah, you hear the splat though. I know it's crazy. And I thought that this match, I kind of wanted to go back and watch this week, but just not get a chance to do it. But just like, uh, and and then there's the you know there's the wrestling classic stuff that that he was that he did, um, and then mm-hmm. there's the there's the match the Saturday Night Main Event match that was pretty good, which the Hart Foundation's two out of three falls and the Bulldogs think that they win the titles, but um, one of the falls was like a DQ or something, so it didn't count. Uh, I remember that uh, that match because Jesse yeah. Ventura's like. He starts laughing. He's like, "Aha! It was one of the falls. It was a disqualification." And then I felt stupid because I was like, "Well, then why did I even finish watching the rest of this match if they couldn't win the titles, anyways?" <laughs> but but yeah, like those are I, like my yeah. memories of of him is like because I was you know ten and eleven years old and the Bulldogs were like my favorite tag team. Well, and how cool were they when they would D- Dave Boy would get the guy in the fireman's carry and then Dynamite would jump off the guy's back for a big headbutt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like one of the coolest finishing mover, moves ever. And I loved, also loved the uh, press slam into the headbutt. I thought that was killer. Oh, yeah. And they had a great match. Don't forget the great match uh, with the Rougeau brothers at SummerSlam 88 to open up. It's like 30-minute Broadway. And that was a really good tag team match. Yeah, and then you hear about the stories, you know, with uh, with <laughs> Later dynamite, on, dynamite yeah. bullying those guys, and then getting clocked with uh, with a, a roll of quarters and like getting knocked out. Um, you know, it you, like I, the story I, like the story was like well, like because the last night was Survivor Series '88. That was their last match in the WWF. The, yeah, for Dave Boy and Dynamite, and I think what the story was like, they actually Dynamite and Rujo actually. Ray, Ray, uh, Ray Rizzo, Jacques Rizzo actually end up working together in that match a little bit. And they're professional, 100% professional. And then, like, the Rujos are eliminated pretty early. And, it, and, uh, and the reason why is because they wanted to get Jacques out of there and Raymond out of there before, because this is Dynamite and Dave was last night. So there would be no, no retribution for when, um, you know, Rujo clocked dynamite, knocked him out with the, the roll of quarters or something like that, just because he was tired of being fucked with in the locker room. And, you know, because, you know, Jock Rizzo is kind of like one of those guys that's a clap guy, reads a book, kind of fades away from people, you know what I mean? Like, and dynamite fucked him, I forget what it was. And then 
you know, he, you know, not to look like a, you know, sometimes you got to stand your ground. Right. Yeah. And so they, I think dynamite like walked to the curtain and he just sucker punched him and knocked him out. And, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people really had any, any sympathy for dynamite because all the shit he pulled on them. So it's just, just it's like interesting, correct. Interesting career for dynamite. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to big Dave's uh, obituary on him. Um, I'm really interested to read a lot of the, a lot of stuff. Some I know, I mean, the pure dynamite book, he covers it, but he actually, talks about his career but also it's kind of a weird book because he talks like in a way like the matches were real mm-hmm. but but other than that like stuff with his dad and growing up you can tell where he got his toughness and his roughness from you know and then of course training with in the snake pit you know the, with all the shooters and the, the thing to go back to kind of what you said in the in earlier it where he's a hard guy to talk about because in the ring, like he was so fantastic, but outside of the ring, he was probably not that good of a guy. Um, you know, when I was growing up, you know, cause I'm a big sports fan. Right. And so, you know, it's every, every one of my favorite athletes is just like on a pedestal. And at some point my dad was like, you know, you can appreciate what these guys do on the field or on the court but you don't know what they're like off the field and off the court, like in their real life. And so, you know, because because a lot of times, you know, the media will will bring up flaws in somebody's character. So, like, you know, for instance, you know, there's a, a football player that, that you really like. And all of a sudden, like he's got a drug problem or he gets cracked for drugs or whatever. And so, you know, he all of a sudden now there's negative, negative attention. And so the reason why my dad told me that is because he was like, you know, root for them on the field but off the field like you don't know you 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 don't you've never walked in their shoes so you don't know what's going on and so thus you can't look at these guys as like heroes or whatever because they they have an, a whole different life that you have nothing that you've no idea about so i always looked at sports uh in that way and so when you talked about you know the the whole dynamite thing is like yeah, you know, you can talk about the in the ring stuff as as him being one of the best. And Bret Hart, you know, he he wrote uh, in a a passage or something that he said that Dynamite's the best guy he's ever wrestled. Which I mean, that puts him in like some really really high company, right? Because think of all the guys that Bret Hart wrestled. And yeah. and and you know, so when you think about the off the court or outside the ring stuff where you know he's like beating his wife and he leaves his kids and not a good parent and all that stuff it's like easy to go well he probably wasn't a good guy but at the end of the day it's like what we're what we're actually judging is what we saw right we can't judge the other parts of it because you don't really have the full story you don't have the full picture now in some cases like Jimmy Snuka, where, you know, he probably murders somebody and, and covers it up. That's maybe a little different where you go, OK, I, I, I can probably judge that. But it's just so hard to look at someone like Dynamite and go like, you know, he's such a terrible person. Like, yeah, he probably was. And, you know, you, you your, your instinct tells you that he probably was. But like at the end of the day, it's like he should be remembered for, for what he did in the ring. And, you know, outside the ring, um, those who know him and those who are related to him and those who, uh, you know, have strong relationships with him 
I'll let them, you know, do that because it's just too hard for us as fans to, to be able to, to look at it in that way without kind of feeling bad, you know, because, you know, the, and, and the one that you, you already mentioned, the guy that really like just kind of ruined every, every, every bit of this is Chris Benoit, right? Like, like yeah. one of the best wrestlers you've ever seen in your life. And you, you probably never want to watch a match of his ever again. Yeah, well, I mean, Benoit is a hard one because, for me, I mean, he was one of my all-time favorites. And then when, you know, he found out he murdered his family. And, it, you know, it took me a while to rewatch his matches. But now I'm I'm, I'm a little okay with it. Like, I, I, I could watch a Benoit match. You know, it's very rare I do. But if I if it's on, like, if I'm watching something from, like, 2000, like, I remember I was, you know, like a couple months ago I was watching a lot of Raw from 2000 and, Summer of 2000, I just remember how good, how great those TV shows were. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Coach Ben Wallace featured heavily in the summer of 2000, his program at The Rock. So, you know, rewatching all that stuff, was, it, was, it was awkward, you know, at times. But then I try to just, when you're watching the match itself, I try to focus just on the, the work itself. And then, you know, because he was a, definitely a master in the ring. And, and so was Dynamite. You know, of course, Ben is basically Dynamite. When it comes to ring, like he did everything, and it's funny. Remember, in WWE 1991, they're bringing in Juice and Liger, right? Yep. I think I talked about this before. They're bringing Juice and Liger, so the match they featured from Japan on TV on WWE Saturday Night was a World Champions Wrestling event. Was him versus Benoit, and I remember just being like, "There's, there's just, I'm, I'm so high to see Liger, right? We're gonna show you Liger, Liger's match, and like the end of it." And I rewatched the match like probably like three or four times like that same day. I just couldn't get I just couldn't get my mind off Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. I'm like he reminds me of Dynamite Kid, and I'm like you know like you, big fan of Dynamite growing up. But I'm like he he's so good. I want to see more of Chris Benoit, right? Yeah. And then come to find out, you know, when you started find you know re- researching Chris Benoit, you know, learned that he was uh, you know a, you know heavily influenced by Dynamite Kid and. So it was kind of, I, always, I actually thought they were related, which is just funny because they kind of look alike too, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. He's interesting. Dynamite's an interesting character. I said, I'm looking forward to reading Dave's bio. I hope he has time to write it. I know he's extremely busy. And of course, he lost uh, Larry the Accented recently, today, actually. And, and it's sad. You know, a lot of sad days of wrestling. He lost Larry Matisic and, Hennig and Dynamite, and I know it's just we're just getting older, and this is probably going to be a, a, a continued thing as we get older, and these guys are getting older, but it's just sad to see anyone go, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we saw Larry the Axe. Um, I, I think you were there. It was a couple years ago at the Cauliflower Alley. Were you there yeah. when... When he didn't he like he like took a call from his grandson or something right like like while he yeah. was given like a his little it was I think it was on Minnesota wrestling or something so we got we got to see him a couple years ago live and 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 in color and you know he's still an impressive guy even at his 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 very late age. I have sort of a Larry Axenic story from Cauliflower. It's my first Cauliflower, two thousand three. And it was at the Riviera. That's where they were used to be at. The old Riviera, the old Frank Sinatra place. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't really understand the impact of it till later on. But like I remember being there, and I was just wide-eyed by everything. 
And it was actually a horrible experience. Like, that cauliflower was, like, the worst cauliflower I've ever been. Not because of Cauliflower Alley. It's just who the people I was with. It's just, like, it was just the boringest time. But everything else was fine. But anyway, so, like, I'm sitting there waiting for these people to get out of the bathroom. I'm just kind of hanging out. And I noticed, like, at the bar, I'm like, that's Larry the Axe Hennig. That's Nick Bockwinkle. And they're just chatting it up, chatting it up, chatting it up. I'm just watching them. I don't understand. I'm just like in awe, right? And then this little old man, I mean, hunched over. I don't know how old he must have been, like, I don't know, 80-something years old. Just goes to the bar, walks right by them, picks up this, like, four-year-old blonde. It's like they go off. But I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. That was the lady of the night, and that old man was going for one last ride. Yeah. I, like, oh. <laughs> I just thought that was hell. I just thought it was cool, actually. You know, I was like, I just couldn't stop laughing, but I just witnessed. You know, he's like, hey, you know, got a price? Negotiated? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was just hilarious. That's, and uh, it just happened to be there right next to Larry Axenig and uh, Nick Bocker. But I just. Uh, when I think about Larry Hennig sometimes, I think about this dude, that little old man, go get that lady. And, 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 and you know, it's kind of a goofy story, but I just had to share it. Going out with a bang. <laughs> That's why I said he's going for the last ride. <laughs> um, so there was some interesting news that that came out over the week, over, over last weekend, uh, that kind of affects us uh, because we're going to WrestleMania weekend to see the MSG show, uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan, and the wor- the, the not not really the worry, but like one of the things that kind of sucked was that Takeover was going to be that same night, and so you know you'd want you want to see both shows because all like every single Takeover is awesome, but you know the MSG show has a little bit of that you know this a little a little bit of specialness and first time and it's at it's in MSG I've never been to Madison Square Garden before and so you know we chose that one instead of takeover but then uh WWE moved takeover to the Friday and I was like trying to figure out like what the reason was and a couple of things that you know that that you immediately think of is oh you know they don't want to go head up against uh against that MSG show for fear of maybe not selling out you know, though I, I still feel like they would like they would have sold out, but it, maybe it would have been a little bit harder. And then the second thing I thought was, well, maybe they think they have something uh, really special for the Hall of Fame. But when you break it down, like what could be really special for the Hall of Fame is literally like one guy and one guy only, and that's you know the Rock. And so like I just I just thought you know I, I I'm not exactly sure, but. At the end of the day, it's like so good for us because we're going to be out there, and you know we just got our tickets today. Uh, you know, Dave Dutra was on the was on the, the the website to you know very early in the morning to to pick up our tickets. Thanks to thanks to Dutra, and so we'll be able to see both shows now. So, but but it's just kind of like you know, going in, we were so bothered, you know, because because uh, takeovers are always so great. We were just at the takeover in San Jose. I mean, I, I mean the NXT show in San Jose. Um, you know, your, your, your buddy's one of the referees. And so it's like, ah, you know, I'd love to go see both shows. And now we can see both shows. So it worked out. Yeah, that was awesome. I couldn't believe that. That's a stroke of luck. <laughs> All right. I remember just being, I just being bummed and, you know, and, 
uh, Tom Cash's wife, she was like, come on, go to TakeOver. And I'm like, man, these guys got me a ticket for my birthday. I can't go, you know. It's like, you know, but I would, I would you know, now it's kind of, you know, now it can it work out. And like, you know, for that weekend, I'd be like, that's, that's two shows to see. That's the only ones you see. I'd be pretty satisfied for the weekend, you know. So, and I'm glad to go both. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you hear the show that I did with uh, with Big Dave and Court Bauer? Oh, man, I was planning on listening to it today, but I didn't, didn't get a chance to. I actually got to work late. And it, was a, it, was a, it was a mess today at work. But, uh, but no, how was it? No, it was good. And the, and the reason why I, I was wondering if you heard it is because, you know, Court uh, and his MLW show um, with, you know, ROH uh, signed away PCO um, – and uh and Brody King and you know could we kind of ask court like you know you as a, an independent you know uh, you know you're kind of going for the same ta- talent as you know some of these other these other smaller companies like ROH and in All Elite when you know if they get started and it's just kind of like wondering like you know how he was feeling about that. Like, is he worried, you know, WWE's trying to snatch up all these guys too, so that there's, you know, there's very little talent. And he's just like, you know what? Like I got guys signed to contracts. Um, you know, I'm always looking for, for new guys. Uh, you know, he, he's had, he has actually done a really good job about, uh, showcasing newer guys. Some of it, some of that has hurt him (laughs) because then they go somewhere else. But like, you know, guys like Shane Strickland, MJF. Like, I didn't know who MJF was before Court found him for uh, for MLW. And, and so it's, he's been really good at, like, getting these guys who were, like, not on WWE's radar at the time. But I, f- I have a feeling, like, they're going to be. And he also mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of tampering with contracts and stuff going on, uh, you know, out there right now. And, and it was just such an interesting thing. And, you know, you have that talent you know you have that eye for talent as well and uh i was just kind of wanted to pick your brain about like you know you 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 do book for an independent promotion now you're not locked in like court is with a tv deal and with signed contracts and and you know uh trying to build a a company like the way that court's doing but you know it, it's sort it's I, I was just wondering like what would be your strategy if you saw like all of the bigger companies just trying to snatch all the guys, like where would you go? Would you would you try to you know go more international? Would you go more lucha? Like how would you how would you kind of uh, try, try to tread those waters? Uh, I think well, first I think Corey's doing a good job because he's focusing on lucha talent um, with uh, guys like Roosh and Pentagon and Phoenix, um, Dragon Lee's and a few coming. others that. Dragon Lee is coming in. I know he's going heavy on that because they're on BN Sports, and that's a you know heavy Spanish uh, clientele that watches it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so he's 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 doing the. I think he's really smart with that. I think he should probably search out for maybe some American Latin talent to kind of go with the guys from Mexico. I think that'd be a good idea to do. Um, unless you're able to, unless you're able to sign these guys up, like with some contracts, I mean, it's going to be hard to compete with WWE's, the ROHs, you know, they're going to be just 
snagging people left and right, and it kind of, you just kind of be like ready to roll with the punches, and and you probably have to start booking shorter programs um, instead of like long term because you just don't know, right? If these guys are going to be around, or you kind of maybe go for guys that are kind of like they've been to WWE, they've been to ROH, but they're you know they're not probably going to get screwed up again, kind of like a low key which he has as a champion who's been phenomenal actually. And um, if you watch MLW, like I really like his character, really like his matches and, you know, he's found his, like kind of found his way back. I think with MLW course, doing such a great job with that. He's doing a great job. With a lot of characters like, he, like, like Teddy Hart, but I wasn't really, didn't really like pay much attention to, or really got in on the Teddy Hart hype train, but like he has a very, when watching MLW, he has a very unique charisma about him. Mm-hmm. People love him. The fans are really love him, even though I think he's supposed to be a heel. But like, <laughs> and like the, the whole like, but it's kind of weird though, like the way he plays it because Teddy Hart's kind of funky. He's supposed to be a heel, I think, but he comes out like, like he's all about the fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So he'll do like these crazy moves and like the Hart Foundation thing they have, the new Hart Foundation with Brian Pillman Jr. and David Boy Smith Jr. and Teddy Hart. It, it's it's actually really, really cool. And of course, Tom Lawler, who's, I think he, you know, has to court for, you know, seeing Tom and, and, and building around Tom. Cause, uh, you know, Tom's a hell of a talent, man. If I, if I had, if I had money to do my own promotion as well, I would just, I don't want Tom on every show. Mm-hmm. You know, he just has that. He's everything. He has the wrestling, he has a character, he has a promo, like, he just stands out. I think, I think he's, I think he's really a hidden gem that, I mean, people know him, but like, I mean, WWE should really look at him, you know, I think, and, and bring him in. Cause he, I mean, if they want someone that could talk and wrestle and do it all. Like he can't, you know, I and mean, he's probably too humble to admit that, but I think he's really, really, really good. And I think people should definitely search out his matches on the LW show, especially that match with Jack. The second match with Jack Swagger was really good. I really love that match. Um, but yeah, you just gotta roll the punches. You gotta keep. I mean, you gotta keep keep up on finding new talent and maybe guys who are just you know on the cusp of being like these next big like indie guys. You know, like you just gotta be ahead of the game. And there's a lot of guys out there. Yeah, sure they they signed away Brody King and PCO and Shane Strickland could be going to WWE any any second now. But like, there's tons of talent out there there really is but you just gotta do your due diligence you gotta get the videotapes you gotta get your not the videotapes but you, you gotta go on youtube and search stuff out people people that send you stuff you gotta give time to watch it now it's crap you don't watch it but like you know within like a minute you'll know like <laughs> to continue with the with the you know you just gotta keep doing that and doing that and doing that and they sign those guys up and then you know as much as you can and and go with that. So that's what I would do. But I also, I, also, I wouldn't freak out if something happened. Like, hey, you know, I got signs. Like, because you know where you're at. You know, you just got to, like I said, roll with it and bring someone else up. You know, that's, that's, that's what I would do. I, I mean, I get, I get that. I get that mentality because when I was booking APW originally, like, shit would happen all the time on indie wrestling. It's like freaking junior high. Mm-hmm. Like, you're booking a show, and one guy couldn't make it, one guy couldn't do this, or something, something, something. And it's like, 
and from my experience, like every time someone couldn't make it or some kind of issue happened or whatever, and I had to do a little switcheroo in the car or something like it always seemed to end up in a more positive. So I always feel like I don't, I wouldn't stress over it. Yeah. So after a few times, of course, I originally started booking. I like, fuck yeah, I was stressing. <laughs> oh my God, this is going to ruin this and this and that. And then like things pop up out of it, you know, like, when I took over APW, it was in shambles. Like, the, the roster was so thin, and I had to, like, rebuild everything up. And I remember, like, this, one of the wrestlers that was, like, there for a while, MPT, was kind of being wishy-washy and, like, wasn't committed to, like, a date. And I just fucking finished him up. Like, when I finally got a date on him, hey, you're you know, the champ. And I just finished him up. I took the belt off him and, and, uh, and put on Oliver John, and we were rolling at that point, you know, so, you know, the frustrations of leading to that point sucked, but like, right, you know, once I decided to say, Hey, you know what, forget this. I don't want to deal with this headache anymore. Put the belt on Ollie and bam, you know, then, then things started leveling out and then started getting talent from like Timmy Thatcher coming in and stuff like that. You know, you got to do the, like I said, do the, find some talent, talk to the guys, you know, Hey, who do you recommend? That's good. Let me know. You know, so, I mean, I'm sure he's doing all that stuff because Carson's Kors, like a really smart guy, and I, and I really enjoy his show. You know, not every episode is great, but you know, there's some some waste times, but like most of the time, it's like a a good hour, and um, there's a good manager there. Selena De Laurento, I think, is fantastic. I think WWE should definitely sign her up when she's available. Yeah, I think they probably uh, want to. <laughs> yeah, because she's. Uh, uh, did you get a chance to see her on the when you watched the episode of MLW? I, I I mean I saw some of it. I I, I had it on uh, in the I had two episodes on in the background when I was uh, working, just to kind of make sure that I, I was current with what was going on. But it was the it was the tag team championship match that I saw. Mm. That was the last show that I saw. Yeah, I was. I mean, that match I was a little disappointed in it. It was you know you're like wow you know it's going to be Pentagon and. Phoenix and La Park, LA Park, and his his son, Ahil Day La Park, but it was like all like a big brawl and and stuff. And I ended up with Park, La Park, La Park, LA Park. I always call him Parka. Um, does and it's kind of like you know, it was all right, but I was disappointed that match. But looking forward to the two hour special. That should be fun, you know, live two hour special. That's that's pretty cool, and I don't know. I, what I the think it, I think it's for, I think it's only an hour. I oh, okay. It, hey, I think it's only an hour special because when we talked, he mentioned he said that I think he said that Bian wanted to do two hours, and he was like, no, you know, let's make sure that we can do the one hour thing first. I think I think that's what he said uh, uh, because I, that that came up for sure. Um, but you know, you know who who. I, I kind of feel like who he may have his eye on if, you know, I now I'm sure he has his eye on a ton of guys. But uh, one of your faves, Jungle Boy, I bet you he could do something really good with Jungle Boy because he's got a roster of, you know, he's got a couple giants on that roster and they could do, you know, they could redo the one, two, three kid and, <laughs> and Scott Hall stuff with with Jungle Boy. And that would get over like crazy, I think. Yeah, Jungle Boy, he's, uh, you know, he was on that Game Changer show down south and, you know, the Joey Janela stuff. And, you know, he, he he had a really good match and looked good. I saw 
I didn't see the whole match. I saw like clips of his stuff online, and um, he did really well. And you know, Jungle Boy is a special talent. Uh, he's definitely a talent that you can mold, and he's just getting better. And you definitely have to be not not overly creative with him, but like put him in scenarios where he can shine. Yeah, and put him with people who will help him shine because he's not there to lead yet. Not that not doesn't have that, that, that ability yet, but like you put him with the veterans and stuff like that. He, he'll be fine, but he's going to be, he has a very, 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 is a, a really unique charisma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's not going to cut a loud promo and he's not going to be the promo guy, but there's something about him that when he comes out, with that big, big curly, curly hair of his, and you know, it looks, you know, looks like a teen idol kind of, you know, look. Um, he just people connect with him. People want to cheer him on, you know. And he's like a classic underdog. And uh, yeah, that's cool, man. I hope I hope that happens for him because uh, you know he's he's definitely getting his name out there, and and I love I love it. And like, there's a lot of shit. There's a ton of guys here on the West Coast that court kids. Back up. You, need back to send, up you and, need to send him an email. You just need to send him an email and say, "Here are all the guys that that you need to keep your eye on." And then, then he uh, and then he starts I mean, turning like, to you. Like, I mean, like just like you know, like a, I mean, shit. We always talk about Jr. Kratos. Right? Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Like here's a guy that you know that he can use and 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 sign up and feature and you know, might not have to worry too much about him leaving, you know, cause you know, he's a little older, but he looks great. He's a, a, a just a gem to have in your locker room. Gives you 110%, if not more. Um, and it's got like Will Hobbs, same thing. There's the, you know, Jacob Fatu, a guy he's just signing up, you know? Oh, I, oh I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure. I'm, I know that court knows Jacob Fatu cause he's yeah, so close yeah. to that family. Yeah, so he definitely knows about him. I mean, um, there's a Douglas James out here. I know he's injured right now. A Jake Atlas, like who I think is, who I think is phenomenal. Um, there's just a ton, a ton of guys just out here and just California itself, up and down. And I mean, there's talent everywhere. You just gotta do it or, or hire someone. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. That was like, <laughs> let's just do that kind of work. And uh, that, hey, check this guy out, you know. And then, and, uh, you know, so, yeah. yeah that's, I think he's in a great position right now. And it seems like he has a really good relationship being sports. And they're all together. And has some good investors. And they all believe in the product. And like I said, it's, it's a really good product. I enjoy the shows like 99% of the time. There might be, like I said, there might be some episodes that's kind of like, oh, and there's some matches I feel like, man, I wish they had a little longer. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. A little more time. Sometimes it's, I know it's TV matches and they kind of get rushed through. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, guys leave. Bring some new guys in. Just keep building. Keep building, you know. That's what you got to do. Yeah, and he's got some TV tapings, WrestleMania weekend, and, you know. Yeah, definitely want to go to one of those if we can. Yeah, I know it's going yeah. to be hard because there's four of us and we all want to go do different things. Yeah. But, be kind of cool to to go to one of those tapings, you know. And, Plus, and, you know, there might be five of us. We we might have uh, or six. We might oh, have yeah. both uh, Big Dave and Brian and other guys like who who want to meet up and stuff too. So there, I mean, we we could 
just split off and do other things or whatever too, you know, depending. But, um, yeah, so the the other thing I asked him about was, you, you know, my one of my favorite things for WrestleMania weekend is Wally Mania, and it is not on the schedule. And so I was like, just, you know, I kind of figured like maybe something was up and they weren't doing it, you know, and I was just like, you know, so what's what's up with that? And he's like, I don't know, Wally just, you know, he just hit me up about that the other day. So maybe Wally Mania will, will come back or maybe it, maybe it's taken a year off or whatever, but that that's like my under undercover favorite event uh, of WrestleMania weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, you so you always talk about it. I'm like, damn, I kind of want to just go to that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun. It's so much fun. Get my drink on and hang out. Exactly, you know? exactly. Get your drink on. People watch, and half of the people you're watching are wrestlers. Um, and, and you know, the other thing, the the, the other thing about that is. You know, it's kind of like a night. It's like, it's like a night out. So like everyone's kind of dappered up. You know, some of some of the fans who come to see the podcast, maybe not, but like the people who are there to like listen to the music, listen to Wale. You know, like you said, drink a little bit. They they come all you know, all handsome and and uh, and the women are are to the nines. Like like it's it was it was kind of cool because you know we get to see, you know, uh, the 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 WWE women who are all so pretty, um, but they're prettied up for like WWE TV and just to see them kind of on their version of a night out. And this is how they would dress and, and look, you know, and, and, and so, you know, you could see someone like Liv Morgan in a, in a little bit of a different light. Um, Alicia Fox, who I was just like in, in person, she's just so impressive because she's so tall and lean and just like her features are like, like stand out. And so you get to see them sort of in their, in their, you know, natural habitat. So that's also kind of cool because they're just like hanging out. Like they just want to have a good time just like everyone else. So that's, that, that's a big part of it that I, that I have fun with. Um, okay. So that's about it for the pro wrestling stuff. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the UFC for the last part of our show. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but on Saturday, so we have the UFC show, UFC 231, which we're going to talk about a couple of the matches uh, right now. But UFC 231 has their event. ESPN has uh, Lomachenko fighting uh, for ESPN. And then HBO Boxing has technically, at least as far as to right now, their last card ever on HBO. Bo- HBO. And then yeah. there's, a, there's a Kell Brook fight for DAZN. And this is like all, you know, within a span of I don't know how many hours. And then... After the UFC is over, the New Japan uh, show for the finals of the tag tournament, and it's like you could literally sit down and have like three or four devices going and just 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 watch everything. Like it's just crazy. It's too too much stuff. Like how do if you're a fan of all three things, like how do you watch everything? It's like impossible. I'm trying to figure out. You know, because uh, I'll, I'll DVR the HBO boxing show just because, like, I don't need to watch it when it happens. It, there's nothing – and there's a couple of women's title fights on, which are actually pretty cool fights, but nothing like, you know, nothing to where the, the entire sports universe is going to pay attention to it. Um, but I just kind of want to see it because I want to see how they go out. Like, I want to see if they decide to talk about it being the last show or not. Like, I want to see if they show old clips. Maybe they won't. Maybe it's just going to be a straight show. But I kind of want to see that. And then, you know, Lomachenko, like, the guy's, like, 
the best pound for pound boxer going. Uh, and so that's interesting. And then, you know, what the time UFC, is that fight on? I, I, I forget. You know they, they, I think they have a f- couple hours. I think it's like a triple header card. So definitely a couple hours of, of fights. So it probably starts like at six wow. or something. But, you know, then then we got the UFC show, which is actually a pretty a pretty good show. You know, two title fights. So it's like there's nothing, you know, there, there's good stuff. And, you know, my boxing friends say, eh, the boxing stuff is not that important. But still, you know, it's still, you know, interesting stuff. It's maybe not as, as important as the UFC show, but it's still interesting stuff. I want, like, HBO boxing, you know, like, start off with a dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-d
uh, maybe she has a, a even bigger chance to be a star, but you know she still has a, a decent chance to be something if she if she can fight uh, as well as as uh, they think she can. So, um, but th- that, I mean that's that's kind of the draw for me. But yeah, the Canelo fight is like, even though it's he's moving up to super middleweight, uh, and you know he's fighting someone who probably most people don't know. It's still Canelo, and it's still the first fight of a you know, $300 million contract that he, that he and Oscar signed with those guys. So I'm sure, I'm sure it'll get a ton of publicity. It's, it's already getting a ton of publicity. They're, they're doing countdowns. They got a commercial with Michael Buffer and Canelo, um, talking about, you know, the end of pay-per-view and stuff. So, um, okay. So UFC 231, uh, we have Max Holloway and, uh, Brian Ortega, and this fight is so interesting. Not, I mean, it's in, it's an interesting fight because you have two really good young fighters, uh, you know, and they're fighting for a title, a featherweight title. But I don't know if you. I mean, I'm sure if you thought about it, you you would remember all these things that happened. But I was kind of doing my research on Max, and we remember that he beat Jose Aldo uh, two times in 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 uh, 2017. And then I started to look into like you know his 2018, and so here here's what here here's his his schedule for 2018. So he had a bout that was scheduled uh, with Frankie Edgar, um, and it was uh, it was originally in late 2017. Edgar had to pull out. That's why we got the second Jose Aldo fight. And then that Edgar fight was rescheduled for March of 2018 at UFC 222. But then uh, Holloway had to pull out of the fight because he, like, messed up his leg. Like, he tripped in the street or something and, like, really messed up his leg. And so then that was in February. So two months later, he is announced as the late replacement for Tony Ferguson for that fight against Khabib. You remember that fight that was uh, right around WrestleMania? And so, and so, uh, and so he takes that fight and he was not in a training camp. He literally has like six days to get, to get to the right weight. And, uh, they pull him because he got sick, you know, doing the weight cut or whatever. And then that's when Al Iaquinta got that, got that fight with Khabib. And so then Holloway is scheduled to defend against Ortega in the summer, it was their uh, their you know the, the show that they do that's close to Fourth uh, of July, uh, and then he gets pulled from that fight. What was it like three days before because he had concussion like syndrome or something? Or I'm sorry, concussion concussion like symptoms. So Holloway hasn't fought since the end of 2017, and he's had to deal with a leg injury. He's had to deal with. Uh, bad, you know, trying to cut a ton of weight in a short amount of time. And he got seemingly, you know, knocked silly in, in training camp. And so now he's supposed to fight Brian Ortega. Um, and all that being said, because I know you picked Ortega, I still picked Max because I just think he's got so much talent. But Jesus, I like you know I didn't pick him with a ton of uh, with a ton of confidence, and I think actually Ortega is now the favorite, the betting favorite. Uh, but just just what a crazy 2018 for Max Holloway! Like it's you know he finally 
he finally achieves, you know, that goal of being the champ and then defends it once and then boom, 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 boom. He can't stay healthy. It's like such a weird, such a weird year for him. And you kind of wonder, you know, how healthy he is going into this fight. Yeah, that's why I picked Ortega. I mean, this is 2017. I'm picking Max all day, but like all the weirdness and the injuries and this year, I just had to just had to go with Ortega. I mean, that's why. That's why I went. You know, yeah, so I, I couldn't. I just worry about Max and and how healthy he's going to be going in. And I think Ortega, if we can get him down, it's going to be hard. But if we can get him down and you can submit him, and Ortega is known for the aspects of taking a lot of abuse and then end up pulling off these wins. So maybe he can find a way to get to the ground or get to Max's back and choke him out or or something else, some other kind of submission. But I'm looking forward to this card. I can't wait to go tomorrow. And, and watches it's going to be it's pretty stacked and even the prelims are really good so you know, I'm, I'm pretty hyped for it we won't go through all the fights uh i will <clears throat> i will post all of our prediction we we have you know we'll post all the the predicted winners from our uh our fight game blog uh pickham's group uh, i'll post that on the fight game blog twitter and you'll see who we who we think is going to win but uh the other fight is uh shevchenko and uh Ioana. And that whole thing in of itself has been like a soap opera, too, uh, because, you know, you remember that uh, it was originally um, there was the fight with Shevchenko and um, Sarge. You remember because Sar- Sarge was like the champ. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she she wasn't uh, she didn't make weight. And then they they took the they, they took it away from her and. Then you know she got scheduled with Joanna. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm not. It wasn't Sarge. It was, uh, it was uh, Montano, Nico Montano. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. And then, uh, and and then yeah. And then the, then the Joanna fight was made uh, after that. But just like you know, in of itself, it's it's the this this fight took forever to be being made. So you have Joanna who's coming up from 115 against Shevchenko who's coming down from 135. I yeah, I think everyone loves Joanna. I think she's, you know, she's a fantastic fighter. She's so great publicly and personally. Uh she's got a fun style. But I just got to think that she's too small to win this fight. And so that I mean that's the main reason why I took Shevchenko. Um you know, also she hasn't you know, she Joanna at one point was like the killer, right? Of uh, of 115 and you know, she ran into uh, Rose and, and, and Rose kind of, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, her style was uh, was was really good for for Ioana. And uh, and yeah, I think uh, I, th- I think it's probably Shevchenko's fight to take. Uh, I think you also took Shevchenko is similar reason, I'm guessing. Um, similar reason. Uh, Ioana has been, you know, I, I don't know if she's lost the edge or what. But, and, you know, Shevchenko is going to be bigger. Um, they have fought in the past. and in Kickboxing, their kickboxing right? days. Yeah. And Valentina's won those fights. So this is going to be a stand-up fight. I can't see anyone going to the ground in this one. But maybe, maybe just like maybe she'll go take a go for a takedown. But I think it's going to be more, mostly standing. So I have to go with, I have to go with her. But it killed me. Yeah, you know how much I love Joanna. I, I was, I mean, ever since, uh, even though I didn't like her when uh, she edged out my my other girl, 
Claudia. Now, who yeah. is also on this fighting card. Yeah. Yeah, who's also fighting on the Freeland. So, but ever since after that fight, man, just watching Joanna, I'm like, oh, my God, this girl's amazing. And then her personality is so much, it's so fun. Is uh, you know, and she has like this, this, this great. <laughs> she gets, comes off like it's funny because people like hate her sometimes. Like, oh, she's just so arrogant and cocky. Yeah, but, like she's just being a character and yeah. trying to draw interest in a fight. And like outside of like those build, fight building moments, like you can tell, like she seems like a really sweet, like a like a sweetheart. So um, that was a tough one to vote against her but you know i get some wins for the end of the year here man i can't be in the middle of the road for too long but it's been so one of those years for my picks this year for mma but then again my i haven't really dived too hardcore in it because a lot you know a lot of my fandom mma's kind of went away due to some just wackiness and and now it's just freaking Hardy on the same fight as Rachel. <laughs> and that's, and that's know, the other thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to get your thoughts on that whole sh- shenanigan. Uh, good segue there. I was just like, oh, I, I saw it and I'm like, it's, I, I guess I shouldn't be shocked at stuff like this because of all the wackiness and wrestling that we go through today still. But like, it's just like, what the? What the hell, man? You know, like, how could she be with women beat up by her husband? Yeah. And they have a known, you know, you know, woman abuser on your undercard. And it's, and I love what Dave pointed out. God, it's, it was the, Dave should get a reward for this. this. Just the article alone on this part. When he covered, like, and actually threw out, like, ESPN doing it to get more, no matter good or bad publicity on their new app, right? Yeah. Like I mean controversy gets viewers and 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 and, and, and like you know a lot of people are going to put the heat on UFC but hey don't forget UFC ESPN plus has a lot to do with this decision. Yep. Right. So I thought that was just brilliant by Big Day. Good. That was awesome. I can't wait to, when I say tomorrow and say dude I was freaking I was like popped. <laughs> Oh, my desk at work. I was like, "Hell yeah, man! That's that's reporting right there." So, so uh, I don't know, I'm just disgusted about that. To be honest, that, that's shit. So, my buddy uh, Art from our Facebook group, he was asking, like, you know, he, he was saying, you know, ESPN's going to pull a fight, like once they realize what's going on, and I was telling him, like, they're like behind the scenes. Like, they, they probably want this to happen. And he's just like, I can't believe it. Like, why would they do it? You know, we're in this, like, Me Too era. And I was like, yeah, you know, if this was football and you had everybody covering this stuff, mm-hmm. you, you're right. that You could create a loud enough voice and, and, and they would probably have to move the fight. But this is the UFC and it just shows you how small this is really and and similarly wwe's crown jewel right like you know some the, the the reason why you know they didn't get too much flack for that uh except for me discontinuing my membership is uh is because nobody covers them you know it's just the you know the the blogs and and dave and a couple other websites you know wade and and the pro wrestling insider guys um and and but it's just so small compared to real sports or you know the big three sports i should say not real because ufc is real 
Um, but the there, the, you know, there's not a groundswell from a Rachel Nichols or from a Michelle Beadle because they don't, they're not interested in the UFC anyway. They don't like they, they're, they're, you know, they don't, they, they're not into the idea of combat sports. Uh, thus, it's not even on their radar. Rachel Nichols is covering the NBA. Michelle Beadle has her own show, you know, on ESPN in the morning. Like they're doing other things, and this does not fall on their radar. Now, the one thing that when I was talking to Big Dave about this, one thing he did mention is that this fight, this card is happening in New York, so you will get more media than you would from a normal small ESPN show. And you and you, you and and we noticed that they pulled the Anaheim main event of the uh, Cejudo and Dillashaw fight and they put it on this show to make an even bigger splash because they didn't have any other any other main events. Um and I don't know if you saw Dana today, but he was like, you know, he was not good with the media. And uh <laughs> and I gotta imagine no I gotta imagine that <laughs> that the reason why he's kind of ticked off is because he, not to say that he doesn't have a say, cause I'm sure he has a say, but you know, they're at the, <laughs> they have someone, you know, they have a much bigger network to please now who just gave them, you know, a lot of money for a product. And, and this, the reason why they did is because they want to build up this subscription model of ESPN plus, and they don't really care about you know Dana's problems of getting guys to sign for fights and uh you know he was really mad at at Woodley today and it's just like dude like Woodley just fought he messed up I think he's messed up his hand and he's not ready to fight and Dana's pissed off because he can't get him to fill in one of the one of the upcoming shows you know so it's just like I in a sense I kind of feel for him but uh you know this is what they signed up for and and now um, you know, it is up to, you know, the, the sort of the fan base to go, Hey, like we need to put a stop to this. Now it's not going to happen. Cause you know, it's, it's the fight game and everyone who understands the fight game knows exactly why Greg Hardy's on this card. He's on this card, like you said, to create a little bit of controversy, to get people to write their think pieces, to get people to, you know, to, to get, and you, you see Rachel, right? Like Rachel's like, I'm not going to say anything like I'm going to get a big payday. I'm going to be the first I'm going to be in the first uh, uh, one of the one of the top fights in the first ESPN plus show. I'm going to get so much uh, out of this just, you know, being on this show. Yeah, I probably not going to like that guy and, and whatever, but I'm not going to, you know, deter my own you know future by by this so like she's kind of fenced in anyways and and she's not going to say anything about it like she she's she wants to stay on this card so it's 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 the fight game that's all i can say like when when people are so upset about this i just go this is the fight game it has been happening Mm -hmm. like this since the beginning like this is this is promoting and this is why you know promoters are sleazy and you know they're all it's all about money and and building you know all that stuff so you know this is not sam mushnick you know booking this is this is uh you know promoters who who uh you know i mean imagine you're dana white and you're like oh i don't like george st pierre it's like what like i do not like george st pierre he made you so much money oh but it's because you know you, you he didn't fight this one guy that you wanted to fight and you lost a couple of dollars on that show. It's like, 
Crazy. Like, I mean, I know everyone's like blaming Dana so hard for this, but yeah, like, like, like Big Dave wrote, like ESPN is very much involved in this decision. They have to be like, there, there's no way that they're not. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's, it's, there's no way. There's, people that don't think ESPN is involved in it, the decision making, they're, they're, they're just not thinking straight. Yeah, not, don't want to see it. Yeah, uh, they they want to blame somebody too, and Dana's easy to blame because he's out there, right? the The head yeah. of ESPN Plus is not out there talking about this. No one's interviewing that guy. They're interviewing Dana. Like that's that's his role yeah. in this whole thing is to take those punches. Um. Okay. So we kind of we started, you know, with something a little sad, Dynamite Kid. We ended with something that you know I know has got a lot of people frustrated, and you should be Greg Hardy on the same card as Rachel Ostovich, like shouldn't be happening but like i said this is the fight game we're gonna end with some happier things and one of them the first thing is going to be you know america's favorite segment what's john watching um watching mainly been watching just the all japan uh world uh, strongest tag team tournament uh it's been really good it's been fun um some stuff it's kind of funny when you watch these matches and i'm watching i watch every 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 match of this tournament um, there's some repetitiveness, you know, and I think, I think a lot of, and one of my pet thieves is like, and watching wrestling matches, like guys get kind of like their routine. They do, they do the same things over and over. Mm-hmm. I just would like to see guys think outside the box a little bit and think like, I'll do what I'm going to, like, I'm going to look like I'm going to do what I normally do, but then something happens that's a misdirect or something, you know, just to kind of keep people on their toes. Um, I like to see that more. I, you see that it's like funny because like you watch. Remember back? I don't know if you're when you're. You did tape trading back then, or, or were you a part of that scene, or? or not? I I was not a part of that scene though. Um, it, it was weird because I know people who did it, but I always thought it was like so much work, and that's what scared me from doing it. I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to do all of this stuff and send for this stuff oh, if yeah. my dad gets mad because I'm, like, getting mail that he doesn't know who it's from? So I just decided, <laughs> I was like, there, oh, there's man. not there's not enough in this for me. So, like, I was heavily involved. I actually did the tape trading stuff for a while, but then I got lazy, and I was like, yeah, it was a lot of work. I'm like, I'm just going to buy, yeah. like, what I want, you know, instead of just actually like, hey, do you want to, do you need mid-sauce from, you know? Is is one of the worst of it, but anyways, like early on, I would get compilations. Like I was really into getting compilations of guys, right? And then like it sounds great, like oh, I'm gonna get like ten matches of whoever. But then like you start watching, it's almost like the same match a lot of times, you know. So it's almost like I just I avoid the compilations. I'm not a big fan of them anymore, but. But like I like to see that guys just change it up, you know, just change up a little thing. It doesn't have to be the whole match, but this is a spot or two just to kind of keep people guessing. Um, there was a really good match. Um, it was get wild, which is my Manabu Soya, who's from Russell one and Halo Omari, who is an old veteran of all Japan. He's really beaten up really slow these days. And, and, uh, you know, you can tell he's just hurting, especially on these, these big tournament in these tours. Um, they wrestled Kento Miyahara and Yoshitatsu. And like Kento Miyahara, he made you think that Omari's gonna beat him. I thought it'd be Soya who who they would put in this position 
And actually, I thought maybe Sawyer would be a guy that could beat him in this tournament, this tagging tournament, to lead to a future Triple K on title shot. Cause, you know, I thought they would do that, but they didn't do it that. They didn't go that route. But still, like they put Amari in that route, where mm-hmm. like he's like throwing everything out of Miyahara, and and like I was like I was thinking like holy shit. I mean, I you know me, I'm, I'm usually you know me, I'm usually pretty head of the game, but like and, like I knew like I didn't think he was gonna do it, but then like man, that, that one spot made me guess. Like he hit as a Mori driver, which is used to be his old finisher. It's still one of his big moves. But I've already seen a guy kick out of this in this tournament. So I like, wasn't shocked that Miyahara kicked out. But then when like, he connected with the big axe bomb, and what was cool about the big axe bomb clothesline, you know, it's just a big clothesline, was Miyahara took this perfect time, perfectly timed spin bump. Like People spin bump for like, any old clothesline these days, right? You see it on the indie all the time. People want to do the big spin bump. And yep. it's like, no, you do it when it matters. Yep. And sure enough, Miyahara, who is one of the best wrestlers in the world today, in the top ten for sure, in my opinion, in the top five, he takes this great spin bump off the big axe bomb. And I'm like, holy shit, this is they really gonna put a Mario is Mario is a Mario gonna get a future trip gun title shot? He's just not in that role anymore. Yeah. And he you know, he he you know, he kicked you know, Miyahara kicks out, but like at one point, like you know, I was like, Okay, this is like a good four star match, but like I'm like God, and I'm gonna get a little extra quarter on that because it was so like that. They made me believe so much, and that that made me happy because you know I just like this maybe send this week, and I was really really happy with the match. So that was cool. And I'm also watching here and there a little prime time from '89, little prime time <laughs> wrestling. Um, just watched the episode where like Bobby Heenan. It's actually a two episodes. They and on on this like Western set. I don't know if you remember this, but Bobby. Yeah, Heenan, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. But like, like this shit would not air today, dude. Like, it was a character like Hop Singh from Bonanza, <laughs> and Bobby shows up, and I, I mean, he's saying some freaking flat out racist shit, and like, I was like offended by. I'm not even Asian. I'm like, ooh, ooh. I'm like cringing, you know. Like, and then, and I'm like, I can't believe this. But it's like '89, and. People didn't even think that way back then, I guess. Well, they did, but, like, no one's really, like, making a big deal about it. And now they would be thrashed, right? Yeah. But anyway, so I'm watching that, and they're, like, they're, like, coming up, a big mini event this Friday, the Mega Power versus the, versus the Twin Towers, right? The big Mega Power. Oh, wow. So I'm, like, so I'm watching, I'm, like, you know how to watch next, right? Oh, yeah. The main event. And I don't really watch that match in a very long time. Dude. That opening of Saturday, that, no, it's not Saturday Fix, because on Friday, it's just called the main event. The main event. Was like, like they're like they're recapping the whole feud between the Twin Towers and the Mega Powers. And like, I'm pumped. <laughs> just the way they built this matchup, I am pumped to watch it again. And of course, you know, Mega Powers explode, Savages get thrown into Elizabeth, Elizabeth takes a great bump. You know, this is, again, like I said, one of my favorite storylines, if not my all-time favorite storyline in professional wrestling. And plus, you know, we just watched exploding. we and we just watched that Survivor Series from '88. Yeah, which 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 totally got me into watching like '89. So so like and I'm like and it's a, it was a really good you know the tag match was really good the whole story's fucking brilliant. The only thing kind of goofy is like Hogan's a little overacting a little bit, but you know that's Hogan at the '80 it's '80s right? I yeah. mean it's that era. And then, of course, they have also another match on there, which 
people probably forget it's like DiBiase and Hercules. They had a really hell of a good match, and the stuff in the beginning with DiBiase and Virgil, like being ran into each other multiple times in the beginning during like uh, during uh, Hercules just shine. I was just like, I was like, man, I wish I was still managing because I would love to do all these spots. Yeah, <laughs> right. Running to my guy, getting that double naga naga, like the atomic drop into each other, like just oh, that'd be so much fun. And uh, the match was match was pretty 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 good. Um, a little bit funky in the finish. I think uh, I think I think Virgil forgot to jump on the apron in the spot. So like basically Virgil wraps the Hercules chain on the top rope, and then you know uh, Hercules ends up ramming DiBiase's head into the chain. But like DiBiase has to kick out. I think Virgil's supposed to pop up, but he didn't pop up. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't look that bad, but it was just kind of funny. Like, wow, you kicked out of that, and then you had to do it again. <laughs> so, I mean, I just got it like there. You know, it was just funny. But like, you know, the match was fine. I mean, the guys are working hard, but it was kind of hard to come back after the fans saw the mega powers explode. You know, they're still rumbling about that, and that got a lot of heat. I mean, people were really pissed off at Savage for smacking Hogan and walking out, and then that great, uh, that great stuff in the in the back and that makeshift uh first aid room they mm-hmm. first day they created and then of course at the end we're like i like it because we're gonna interview hogan but hogan's like too distraught to talk right and then finally he just like it boils over now he's searching for savage that's how it ends he's like throwing he throws around like nightheart and Brehart and sean michaels is top this shit can't do this so it's basically like you know, pre little guy coming. <laughs> I don't know. It was just funny. And then, um, actually, he actually treated Bret Hart pretty respectfully. He just kind of grabbed him. Uh, but he's like, oh, you know, savage. And ah, this, I mean, you should do, do yourself a favor and go back and watch that show. Just that match, at least. I see I think, here. I this, this, this is a lost opportunity for the WWE network. And right when the network came out, m- like my first idea was to take all of their great storylines, show all the angles, and then give fans mm-hmm. the options to watch the matches like you just did. Like, just like with a click, like you can either, okay, no, no, we'll go to the next recap or we'll go to the next video package, or you can now watch the match instead. And, you know, there's so many good angles that they've done that you could just create so much content from your old library rather than like, you know, having to sit through a lot of these shows like Primetime Wrestling or Superstars or Raw. Instead, like, just make it so accessible for these newer fans so that they see only the good stuff and they go, oh, wow, like, I need to go back and watch this match with Austin and and uh, The Rock or whatever, you know? But they, I don't know why yeah, they don't do that stuff. They should do a document. Like, a, they do these great, like, recast a few, like they did, like, the Nitro Wars, right? And all, the Monday Night Wars and stuff like that, like, Covers Savage Hogan Mega Powers Explode like such a great year long over a year long storyline, and you, you got know? you got Hogan to talk about Savage like yeah. you know after you go and, through it, and you get Lanny can can jump in there and talk about stuff you know. I mean better than and, doing you know, better you than have him. better than doing uh, New Japan uh, color commentary. <laughs> well, you know, you know he can give his perspective. He was there, right? Yeah. When it was all happening, yeah. and you know I'm sure he talked to his brother a lot about it, and and 
And I, 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 and when I'm watching this match, so I have a match we need to watch and discuss on Fight Game Blog. Okay. It'll be fun. SummerSlam 89 main event, Hulk Hogan, Bruce Beefcake, Macho Man, and Zeus. We have to watch that one and talk about it. Cause Wait, do we have to I watch No Holds Barred, too? No, no, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the blow-off. This is the first big tag match A SummerSlam, uh... No, we don't have to watch. No, 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 no. Please I, I, I don't want to watch that movie ever again. No, we're not going to watch it, but we're going to watch. I think we watch that main event. Oh, I, lo- I love that match. It, yeah, it's a really good. It's a really good match, and a lot of people would probably laugh at that because, well, I mean, how can how can that be? Zeus is in it, right? Sa- Savage. I mean, Savage is working for four people. That's what I'm saying there. That's like one of. That's why I love this match. I love like performances like this when the guy has not much to work with but still does his 110 percent to make it a great match so yeah well, i guess we already talked about it we'll do it maybe maybe, it, maybe it next week or the week after it got me pumped. i'm so pissed off about the network because prime time ends in july of 89 like, oh, so they man. haven't uploaded anything new so boo on WWE for that like get get on that prime time yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was, it's been fun to rewatch, especially 89. 89 was such a fun year for me as a kid in wrestling. And, you know, here in the Saturday Night's main event theme, is there any better theme than that? I don't know. That's, 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 it got me the goose, gets me the goosebumps every time. God, talk about, talk about appointment television. Well, do, you, yeah. do you know one of the saddest moments of my childhood was... I was I was a little tired and I knew that I had to be awake by eleven thirty to watch I don't even remember which one it was. And so I tried to take a nap and then I told my mom to like wake me up, you know, by, you know, eleven or whatever. And then she either forgot or like she told me like, Oh, like I didn't I you know, you were sleeping, like I don't want to wake you up and I was like, You don't understand I missed this entire show. And she's like, well, you didn't record it? Like, I just figured you recorded it. I was like, no, because I was going to watch it live. You were going to wake me up. I was so mad. that My mom is like the person in my life who I rarely ever would have to get mad at because she's just awesome. But that was mm-hmm. one of the times where I was like, I'm so angry with my mom. I can't believe she didn't yeah. wake me up. That's how appointment. Kid, that's how appointment t- uh, TV that show was. When I was a kid, I thought it was on every Saturday night <laughs> for a while, and I kept like, "Why is it not on?" And I realized it was like special. Yep. So, you know, back then we had like the internet to look up with the schedule, so I'd just be like, "You're the TV guide. You're the TV guide. Look, look on Saturday. On that time, not Thursday night's Damn it! <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, but but man. I mean, if you thought about it. As as we would when we were older, like there was no angles leading into why there would ever be a Saturday Night Live, and so it was a little bit predictable into when you know maybe maybe oh it's like oh it's kind of time like they're doing something with Hogan yeah and uh, but yeah I I was the same way I'd be like well let's see Saturday Night Main Event was on let's see four weeks ago maybe by chance there's that that's how I was also with uh, pro uh, pro wrestling illustrated. Like in my mm-hmm. in my head, I could do the math and go, okay, like it usually comes this date every month, but 
you know, you get three weeks in and you're like, okay, it's possible it could come early. I got to check the mail early every day this whole week. Gosh, what a what a what a world we were in compared to what it's like today. Um, yeah. No. All right, all right. So the last segment of of each show is where we just kind of you know we ended in a in a good fun note, not really wrestling related, but sometimes it's it's wrestling or, or MMA or boxing related. Is uh, you know we just tell a story about something that happened with our kids that was funny or cute or memorable, and uh, and I'll start only because. Um, you know, my, my youngest is, is a big UFC fan. He's a big Connor fan. Um, he, uh, we were supposed to go to the UFC Anaheim show, which is in January goes head up with the Bellator show, which is in LA at, at, um, at the old, uh, the old, old stadium, the forum where the Lakers used to play. And so I was like, okay, you know, for Christmas, like I'll buy you these tickets. You've never been to UFC show. And he's like, all right. And he was like, well, what's the main event? And I was like, well, it's, you know, Dillashaw and Cejudo. It has since been changed. That's no longer the main event. I don't even know if they're going to have the show anymore. But um, oh. but he's like, OK. He's like, you know, I, I want to see Connor. And I'm like, yeah, good luck with that one. We, we got to have like several thousands of dollars to get to get in to see Connor fight. He's like, OK, but this is still good. Like, I like, you know, I like certain guys on this show. And so um, so I was going to buy tickets. I think there's I think they actually went on sale today. Um, but then he texts me, uh, the other night, it was like Wednesday night and he's like, don't buy the UFC tickets. And I was like, Oh, like what's going on? Like, I thought like he got mad or something frustrated him or maybe like the show got changed and he was like, ah, it's not worth it anymore. But he's like, it's the winter dance. And thus, I can't go to the UFC show. And he was like, kind of like, it was like one of those things where even though we were texting, I could tell just by like the pattern and like the way that he was texting, like he kind of was torn a little bit. Like he knew that he really wanted to go to the UFC show and he probably thought that, you know, I really wanted to go, which I, I do. But he was like, oh, you know, but all of my friends are going to this dance. So I got to tell my dad, you know, and and so I was totally fine with it. I was like. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do when you're 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely. supposed to go to your go to winter, winter dance. I'm like, we'll go, we'll go to another show. You know, maybe we'll. I keep teasing him that you know he's he's got to wait three more years until we go to Vegas and 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 I teach him how to drink proper twelve. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so and so he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, I want to go to the dance. I was like, yeah, no problem. We'll we'll find another show. We'll figure out the next time Uf the UFC comes you know, back to California, or maybe there's a, you know, there's a, there's a Vegas show that, you know, isn't too crazy that we could quickly get like flights to or whatever. So that I was very happy with that. You know, the one time where he, he blows off plans, uh, I was totally fine with it. So youngsters, high school's all about memories and, and make sure you go to all your dances Definitely. and all your, and all your stuff. Cause you're going to regret it when you get older and all you do is like adult stuff. All right. What about you? Um, it's been uh, busy. We've been uh, with the Gory Gardens, which was a lot of fun. Perfect place for my daughter's age, you know, three years old. Um, she had a good time. Cried a lot when rides would end. <laughs> <laughs> frustrated. Frustrated when waiting in line. So I had to kind of teach her all that. Um, there was, uh, you know, you've been to Gilbert Gardens because you lived there for a long time. 
they're the characters of the peanut characters, right? That's mm-hmm. like they're like Mickey Mouse. So we walk in, and sure enough, I see them all lined up, and I know it's, I know exactly what's going to happen. Clawline's going to just beeline to him. Sure enough, she does. I have to like book it. I grab her. She's crying instantly. Why could you happy take me away from being Snoopy? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, basically, she didn't say it like that. But basically, she's crying. That's what she's thinking. Dad, you, you, you turned on me. And then, uh, and I'm like, baby, you know, if there's a line, you got to wait in line. And she just, of course, doesn't want to hear it. So I tell my wife, Katrina, I say, take her. I'll wait in line. It was not even along a line. But I'll wait in line just when it gets close, just have her come up until when she calms down. So I get in line. And this girl in front of me. She's by herself. She smiles at me, and I, and I smile back. But then I know she had like this uh, badge on, and she's like, "Are are you here? Are you waiting in line for Snoopy?" And I'm like, "I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for my. I'm just waiting for waiting for my daughter." And she's like, "Oh well, the line actually ends right here, where I'm standing. Like, she's oh, like pacing the line, right?" And I'm like, "You know what? You see that girl there crying right there?" She really wants to see Snoopy. <laughs> I told her. I was like, you don't think I could just move right past you and then this will be the end of the line? And she's like, she's like, I tell you what, they had a show they got to do. They do some kind of show at a certain time. Uh-huh. And she's like, she's like, tell you what, just sit off to the side and when the line ends, I'm just, I'll give you the signal and just go up there and, and you just have your daughter run up there and, and, you know. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So I go and I grab Chloe, I hold her like a bear hug. And, I'm like, and she's like, no, nah, she's in a better mood. I'm like, don't. And she's like, but she, I can tell. She wants to, like, bust out the gate like a horse race, right? Yeah. Like, she wants to grab him. And I'm like, don't worry. Daddy's going to introduce you to them. Daddy won't let you, don't let them leave without, without, without seeing you. And she's okay, Daddy. I'm like, you got to be patient. You got to be patient. And then, like, you know, this, the last family, of course, the family of 25, I felt like, and they're all taking pictures forever. I'm like, oh, God, this is not, you know. So finally leave, and the lady gives me a signal. I go, go, yeah, Chloe, go, go, go. And she runs. She's saying, oh, hi. She's giving hugs, and she's just, like, meeting all her friends, you know, because <laughs> friends. She's like, hi. Ah. And, 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 and it's just so cute, and she's so happy. I'm like, okay, Chloe, they got to go to their house. I'm going to tell them, tell them bye. She's like, okay, have fun. You know, <laughs> and then so then we're walking, and I'm like, was that cool, Chloe? She's like, that was awesome. I was like, I told you daddy was going to make it happen. She's like, yeah. So I was like a hero. So it was awesome. Oh, so who who, was, who, was the, who was the girl that, that let you guys go? God, I feel like she needs like a, a shout out or something. She That that was awesome of her. No, no, she was, uh, she was, she was really cool. She, <laughs> was she an employee? She, uh, she, she was an employee. And I was going to ask her. Because I know I have a friend named Gary Gonzalez. They, you know, look, they look good together. That's all I'm about to say. <laughs> so you might want to check out Gary uh, uh, Gardner's interview, which I don't know her name, but she was she was really nice and sweet. But uh, but uh, and at night, that night, you know, because it takes an hour and a half now to put Chloe to bed because she has to come with every excuse in the world. Yep. You know, so she goes, Daddy, I need to talk to you. Her <laughs> tone. And I get on my knee and I go, okay, what's up? And she goes, I need to talk to you, Daddy. I need to talk to you. So I met Snoopy and his friends, and they went home. And Snoopy lives in the blue house. One lives in the pink. You know, she kept going all the colors. <laughs> the rainbow. 
<laughs> and they're all going to come over to my house and play with me. And I'm like, listen to this story. You know, I'm just like, it's just so cute because of her imagination, you know. And uh, and then she's like, okay, I just wanted to tell you that. <laughs> she wanted to go to bed. Okay, are you are you gonna show her the the Charlie Brown Christmas tree? Uh, episode yeah, we've of... already uh, well, we watched the pumpkin one. Oh, okay. okay, and then she got into the Peanuts movie. Yeah, that was which I was saw a, that one. Did... That was okay. Yeah, yeah. So then she she was really into that. So like when she saw Snoopy, she like flipped. It was like, oh my god, you know, you know Rick Flair. That would be you. That would be you. Yeah, now be I'll be cool. Like, <laughs> uh, trying to say anything? No. <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Okay. <laughs> nah, best. One day soon. One day soon. One of these days. Man. That that's that that's that's the thing that we got we have to make happen. Uh, don't worry, I always that's remind cool. I always remind Big Dave. I'm like, just remember you're, you're, if Nature Boy wants be, to hang out. You're gonna be you'll be me holding me. <laughs> be like, don't worry, John. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, all right, man. So we're done. We 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 finished the fiftieth episode, uh, the 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 lost episode that didn't happen. We made up for it. I think this was a much better show, anyways. Um, and uh, and yeah. So so thanks for hanging out. Hopefully, we'll get back on more of a normal, you know, our midweek recording schedule. But you know, when life happens, we can always do stuff on the weekends too. You know, we're not tied down specifically to a day. And you know, we've done shows in the past. You know. Uh, you know, reviewing shows, you know, on the weekend too. So um, uh, just, uh, yeah, we, we'll try to get back into our normal midweek. But if we're not, you know, we will try to do something on the weekend because, like I said, life happens. He's got, you've got a like, young family. You know, I got kids and stuff happens. So no big deal. And we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll, for the most part, I'm sure our schedule will be a lot more consistent. But on the one off, you know, no, who, who cares? We'll, we'll still keep putting out stuff. Um, all right, so that is it. So uh, for John, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.